Faith, Hope and Love, episode 207, the 7th Sunday in Ordinary Time, year A. Continuing from last week, the source and goal of discipleship is to share in the heart of God, to dwell in God's love and reflect God's love. Love is at the heart of everything. To become truly Christ-like, not only in our appearances, but in essence, which is to be love. This changes everything. We focus not on perfecting external actions, but put all our energies into allowing God's love and compassion to grow in our hearts and to flow out into our attitudes and actions. This is Faith, Hope and Love. in your merciful love my heart will rejoice in your salvation I will sing to the Lord who has been bountiful with me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit Amen the Lord be with you Hello everyone, may our Lord's gift of dignity and community enliven us all as we take this time to reflect upon the Holy Scriptures. As we prepare to celebrate the great sacramental feast of God's love, let's pause, recall our sins and trust in God's infinite mercy. Lord Jesus, you raise us to new life. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you forgive us our sins. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you feed us with your body and blood. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, 
let us pray that we will be faithful to the Lord in word and deed. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that always pondering spiritual things, we may carry out in both word and deed that which is pleasing to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Leviticus. Chapter 19, verses 1 to 2 and 17 to 18. The Lord spoke to Moses, Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say to them, You shall be holy, for I the Lord your God am holy. You shall not hate in your heart any one of your kin. You shall reprove your neighbour, or you will incur guilt yourself. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against any of your people, but you shall love your neighbour as yourself. I am the Lord. The Word of the Lord The Lord is kind and merciful. My soul give thanks to the Lord. All my being bless his holy name. My soul give thanks to the Lord and never forget all his blessings. It is he who forgives all your guilt, who heals every one of your ills, who redeems your life from the grave, who crowns you with love and compassion. The Lord is compassion and love, slow to anger and rich in mercy. He does not treat us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our faults. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our sins. As parents have compassion on their children, the Lord has pity on those who fear him. The Lord is kind and merciful. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Chapter 3, verses 16 to 23. Brothers and sisters, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves. If you think that you are wise in this age, you should become fools, so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast about human beings. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future. All belong to you and you belong to Christ and Christ belongs to God. The Word of the Lord. Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia. 
Whoever obeys the word of Christ grows perfect in the love of God. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Chapter 5, verses 38 to 48. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, An eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, Do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them also the second mile. Give to anyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. St. Paul says in the second reading that we're not being formed into any kind of home for God. We're invited to become not just an occasional holiday shack for God, but instead a permanent home for God, and even more so, a temple for God to live in. And the Greek word for temple used here implies not just the outer facade of the Temple of Jerusalem, but actually the inner sanctuary, the Holy of Holies, where in those days only one priest could enter at a time, and apparently the priest on duty had a rope tied around them, so if they fainted or died while they were in that inner sanctuary, they could just be hauled out by the rope without anyone else entering. So each of us is invited to become body, soul and mind, an extremely holy dwelling place for God. What renovations do we need to make through God's grace to create in us and make us that worthy place, that temple for God to reside? A temple, of course, is a building which is purpose-built. Every room and every item in that temple is there for a purpose, the purpose of worshipping God who abides in that temple. So our lives and everything about us are similarly put to use by God. We become willing instruments of God's kingdom, where God's temple, says St. Paul, and that's an amazing thought. This weekend with the Gospel, there are two words that bear deeper reflection and need a bit of clarification. Firstly, we're told by our Lord, be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. This is not an invitation to perfectionism, which is quite a different thing. In fact, we actually see in our Lord's life and ministry that he was the exact opposite of a perfectionist or a nitpicking legalist 
who prickled around anyone because they weren't doing things just so. The Greek word perfect here actually means teleos, that is, like the word telescope, an unfolding to achieve its maximum potential, achieving full capacity, reaching maturity, becoming whole and complete. So perfect really means to be best suited for the purpose it was made. For example, a tailored suit is teleos, that is, it's designed to perfectly fit the wearer's proportions. So we're invited to allow God's kingdom to fit us like a designer baptismal garment, matching just right, fitting perfectly. But we're the ones who are being shaped to fit God's ways and not the other way around. We are not trying to cut God's kingdom down to size to suit our convenience. The second problematic saying is, love your enemies. This is an extremely difficult teaching. Pray for those who hurt you. Firstly, the Greek word used here for love is not the same as love of husband and wife. Also, the word is understandably nothing like the love one has for a family member or a close friend. The word is agape. That is, the different kind of love that wishes well to the other, shows basic human respect, indicates an act of reason. It's not so much a love coming from the heart, but surprisingly in this situation, it's a decision made by the head and enabled by conscious considered resolution, decision. It's a deliberate choice to show respect, to give kindness, to show restraint and regard to all people, irrespective of their actions and irrespective of our feelings towards them. Doing this is mirroring how God treats us and treats everyone. This does not mean we become doormats or punching bags for Christ. That would be unjust and unacceptable. In any case, our Lord is giving this teaching to disciples, most of whom would have been quite capable of knocking the head off someone who slapped them even once. Christ's new followers would have needed to use their willpower not to strike back. Christ is teaching us that abiding in God's love, we don't have to lower our response or attitude to those who seek to harm us. We don't need to return evil for evil, which would simply continue that horrible and vicious cycle of violence and hatred. This is asking of us something that does not come naturally. The bonds of natural affection and friendship are in many ways easier, but this is about God's call to love not the limits or the bare minimum that God might expect, but the fullness of God's love. To the demands of law, there are always limitations and exceptions. But to the claims of love, there's no limit, no exception. And such concepts of limits don't make sense to one who loves another. A basic mistake in earthly wisdom is to think of life in terms of law instead of love. If we love a person deeply, passionately, humbly and selflessly, we'd be quite sure in a poetic sense that if we were to give that person everything we had, we'd still feel like giving them more. That is, if we gave that person the sun, the moon, the stars, we'd still feel in debt, a willing debt of love, that is. One who is in love is always in debt, in a sense. The last thing that enters the mind of a person who loves is that they've somehow earned a reward or can demand a response. 
If a person has a legalistic view of life, they may think constantly in terms of reward or what's been won and what is owed to them. As a saying said just recently that I liked, people have a really good sense of what's owed to them, but not everyone has a very good sense of what they owe to others. But if a person has a loving view of life, the idea of reward is a bit jarring. Again here I think of parents. They love their children unconditionally. They give to their children because they love them. If they were doing it for reward or expecting the balance sheet would one day be evened up, they'll be waiting a long time. But it's not how a loving parent acts and thinks. They give because they love. And God is the same. God loves us and gives and wants us to do the same. Jesus invites us to enter into this mindset deeper and deeper with each day. How much is sufficient? How much is enough? When giving to one's beloved, how long is a piece of string? It's a totally different way of seeing the world, and it's God's way. So are we really ready for this astounding invitation from today's Gospel? A person will be perfect, teleos, or to put it more precisely, mature and fully fit for the purpose God created them, when they reflect the image and likeness of God. For that is what God's intended for us from the beginning of creation, that we are in the image and likeness of God, and that we act with the love that God has for others. God's qualities are a universal benevolence and kindness, an unconquerable goodwill, a constant seeking of the highest good of every person. God is love. God shows love to saint and to sinner alike. God seeks and gives the highest good to everyone, no matter what they do in response. Jesus is laying down three great rules, which I feel anxious to lay down without watering down myself, even if it calls us to go deeper into that which is less comfortable and familiar. The Christian avoids resentment or retaliation for insults, no matter how deliberate they are. The Christian returns kindness and reverence in the face of injury. The Christian does not stand or fall upon their legal rights or any other rights that they may believe they possess. Rather, the Christian thinks not about their rights to do as they like, but rather always think of their duty to be of help, to do good work with our ability for the glory of God. We cannot achieve this alone because it is otherworldly thinking. This can only be achieved when the grace and love of God abides in us and flows outwards into actions of kindness, mercy and compassion. When we love, we are a sign and a sacrament of the kingdom of God. And Jesus says to us, love, not as others love, but as I love, and be that sign. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God, the Almighty Father, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day He rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there He will come to judge the living and the dead. 
I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. The love of God extends to all. We now come before the Lord's loving presence in prayer. For the Church, that we may listen to God's voice, calling us to get rid of conflict and division. Lord, hear us. For the people of God, that the Holy Spirit may cleanse our selfishness and pride and turn our hearts to God. Lord, hear us. For all victims of unjust imprisonment or torture, that the minds and hearts of their oppressors may be opened to justice and love. Lord, hear us. For a spirit of generosity in our community, that as we give ourselves to others, Christ may become more visible. Lord, hear us. For all who are in ill health, that the Lord give them healing, strength and peace. Lord, hear us. For the dead, that the Lord who is kind and merciful may grant them eternal life, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. Generous and bountiful God, trusting in your great love for each of us, we place these prayers before you in the name of Jesus, who is Lord for ever and ever. Amen. As we celebrate your mysteries, O Lord, with the observance that is your due, we humbly ask you that what we offer to the honour of your majesty may profit us for salvation. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For in you we live and move and have our being, and while in this body we not only experience the daily effects of your care, but even now possess the pledge of life eternal. For having received the first fruits of the Spirit, through whom you raised up Jesus from the dead, we hope for an everlasting share in the Paschal mystery. And so with all the angels we praise you, as in joyful celebration we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. I will recount all your wonders, I will rejoice in you and be glad, and sing psalms to your name, O Most High. Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that we may experience the effects of the salvation which is pledged to us by these mysteries. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. That concludes our ceremony for today. Many thanks for participating in this time of praise and reflection upon our God of love. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of Christian worship and reflection, led by Rev. Paul Kelly. Prayers and Chants from the Roman Missal, 3rd edition, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English and the Liturgy. Scriptures, New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and 2009 by the NCC USA. The Psalms, copyright 1963 and 2009, The Grail, Collins Publishers. Prayers of the Faithful, Together We Pray by Robert Borg, E.J. Dwyer Publishers, 1993, Australia. Sung Mass in Honour of St. Ralph Sherwin by Geoffrey M. Ostrovsky. The Gloria, copyright 2011, ccwatershed.org. Faith, Hope and Love theme hymn in memory of William John Kelly, inspired by 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13, music by Paul Kelly. Today I Arise for Patricia Kelly by Paul W. Kelly, inspired by St. Patrick's Prayer, arranged with additional lyrics and sung by Stephen Kelk, 2019. Production by KER. May God bless and keep you.